is Mental Health Chat Monday, season two, everybody. This is a series where we sit down with a brand new guest every week to discuss their journey with mental illness and mental wellness. I am your host, Dieter Bionic. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, we are here with a narcissism coach, someone I just met. I'm so glad we finally got to nail down this, this meeting and this chat. Uh, Joy is here today. How are you, Joy? Hi, I'm good. How are you, Darius? Oh, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Once this here coffee is more like in this region, I'll be even better. But <laughs> it's a great day. You, I love your nails. Thank I love you your so nails much. and I love your beard. It's so cute. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. So tell the people a little bit about yourself, a little bit of your backstory. Yes, absolutely. So my name is Joy. Once again, I'm 33 years old. I am a narcissist abuse coach. Um, so I've been dealing with narcissists since 2006. And since 2017, I have been helping people heal, move on and recover after dealing with narcissistic abuse. So that's mm. a little bit about myself. Oh, my God. Yes. So what got you into um, this this particular lane of mental health coaching? Yeah, so basically, um, I had an aunt that I lived with for five years when living in um, California. Um, she was a narcissist, unfortunately. Um, and also while living with her, um, I started dating a male narc. Um, and it turns out that he was a narcissist. Um, but the unfortunate part, but I guess maybe it's a catch 22, but I found out that both of them were narcissists after the fact, like after I, you know, decided to go no contact, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> and then also, you know, dealing um, with the borderline for four months. Thank God it was only for four months. It wasn't years with that. I learned my lesson. <laughs> but um, yes, after dealing with all the pain, the hurt and the agony, I was just wondering like, okay, what am I going to do with myself? You know, and I just really didn't have an outlet to talk to anybody or to heal or to like share my story. And so I went on to YouTube. I was a little nervous. I felt embarrassed. I felt humiliated. I didn't know how it was going to be perceived, but I said, you know what, if I share my story, maybe it's going to help someone else. And so I did that. And here I am today. <laughs> That's so, so beautiful. Yeah. I, I, the whole point of this podcast specifically, so I suffer with depression and generalized anxiety, but mostly depression. Like it, I just turned 30 this year. So as I've gotten older, my depression and my struggle with it, um, the thing that has helped me the most in healing is talking about it. So I'm so glad right. that your immediate um, your immediate thing was to go to YouTube and talk about it because yeah. we don't talk about it enough, especially narcissists. Like they don't yeah. get, we, we don't know how to identify it. So let's get into a little bit of that. Um, yeah. What is your, I guess, what would you consider the basic traits of a narcissist? Yeah, so the basic trace is someone who's very self-centered. Um, they have a high sense of self-importance. Um, they need access of attention, you know, more than the average human being, because we all want attention, right? But with a narc, they need ex excessive attention, you know? And they also, they lack empathy. Um, they don't take accountability for their actions. Um, they will, you know, when you're meeting them, they'll begin to belittle you, demean you, degrade you, and bully you, essentially. That's um basically what a narcissist is pretty oh, much wow. so <clears throat> when it comes to um identifying a narcissist in a relationship and and trying to get out of that relationship what would you what advice would you give the folks out there so yeah so um 
if a person is trying to get out of a relationship with a narcissist, um, you know, just recognize you can't change them. Um, the way that they're treating you, that's who they are. That's a, it's a personality disorder, you know. So you pretty much you have to accept it and you have to accept that you can't change them. And then you have to take the action steps to get support and to make a plan to move on and to become independent of this narcissist because the whole point is they like to keep their victims codependent on them, you know, um, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, financially. And so you really be, have to begin to break free to reclaim your identity, reclaim yourself, a uh, sense of self and your self-worth, essentially. Okay, so you said narcissism is a personality disorder. So give me like the, do you have the, the not scientific, but the... Okay. the definition of a definition you know what um i had it let me see something real quick. actually yeah it's actually it's kind of like my own particular definition but basically mm -hmm. um it's like a sense of entitlement basically they have a sense of entitlement um but i think that they basically say they have a um a false sense of self they have a high sense of self-importance and stuff like that and um and essentially it's like narcissism you know it's kind of turned into narcissism where everything is like solely focused on them self-centered on them self-importance which yeah we all want to be important we all want attention but it's like when it's excessive and you're hurting other people for your own personal gain then that's where it becomes toxic and hurtful to others you know yeah it's like teetering on that borderline of what is healthy yeah. self-importance and what is yeah. over the top. yeah yeah exactly correct so can you dive that was a <laughs> no, that was yeah, that was perfect. Um, can you dive a little bit more into your background with narcissists? Yes. I know you just talked about you know with your aunt and, and a former partner, but have you had any other experience with narcissists, or how was handling those relationships? How did that affect you mentally? Oh yeah, so I actually did. I was dealing. Um, so I had my aunt that was a narc, and then I dated a male narc, and then as I mentioned, I dated a borderline. So real quick, a borderline is a person they have unstable moods, unstable behaviors, and unstable relationships. So that was for four months. Um, but I actually recently, this is about two years ago, so it wasn't too too recent. But I was um actually in a relationship with a person that their mother was a narc, um, a malignant narc. So they, that's a person that has um antisocial um personality disorder behavior but essentially how that affected me um and not in a good way to be honest i was depressed like yourself you know um i had anxiety i was fearful i was unsure of the future i didn't know um why i had to suffer so much i was you know even angry at god for a very long time um and i was like god why did i have to suffer um but god kind of revealed to me that um you know it was for a, a purpose you know for me to share my story with other people and i'm like okay god but did it have to hurt that bad i'm just saying right. <laughs> we had to thumb it down like that hold on wait a minute you could have taught me the lesson a different kind of way right but no ultimately yeah no it it made me you know scared to open up to people scared to trust people scared to trust myself um, I was fearful that I was going to be alone forever, that, you know, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't worthy. But essentially, that was just thoughts that was coming in my mind. It wasn't really true. But due to the trauma, due to the abuse that I experienced and the, um, the trauma bonds and stuff like that, that kind of made me feel that way. So that's how it affected me. Gotcha. Yeah. So you said something while you were talking about a malignant narc. Yes. That is a term I've never heard before. Can you give? Can you mm -hmm. go a little bit yeah. more into that? So essentially, yeah, a malignant narc. Oh my god! I, 
I know this is bad, but they are, they're antisocial, they're mm-hmm. super controlling, and they're very, very codependent, just like a regular narc. Um, but with them, you know, they're very antisocial. Um, they're very overt. They're overt with their abuse because, you know, mm-hmm. you have cohort narcs where they're very passive aggressive, you know, kind of like come off like, oh, you know, I'm just like regular human beings. Um, but deep down, they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but with a, with a malignant narc, you may kind of see like, oh, no, like it's something wrong with them. Um, I need to stay away from them. I need to protect my energy. And usually I don't get into names. I never share you know, specific people that I've dealt with. But the person that I was with, I will never forget this um, because the person's um, mother had a daycare. So she was a business owner. Mm. And I remember at times when we would pull up to the the daycare, um, my body, my my adamant would actually, it was like an alarm system was going off. Like it was like, like the inside of me was saying like, stay away, like be careful, like harm, you know? Yeah, like the intuition. yeah like my intuition was telling me like no um this person is unhealthy like you got to get away um but unfortunately that situation didn't go as i thought but it was like it worked out for the best but yeah um a malignant narcissist they're very very dangerous um they could cause a lot of harm mentally emotionally um psychologically and um yeah they're dangerous but like i said they're they're um anti-social they're um so you know you don't really see them with a lot of people at all um they're very it, they they have um it's like a cult like when you're dealing with uh, narcissistic family members and other people that could be narcissistic mm-hmm. especially if it's a family dynamic it's like a cult that you're um in and i feel like that person was trying to get me to be a part of that cult and i i did not allow myself to be a part of it i'm mm-hmm. like no ma'am i'm good <laughs> no that's not for yeah. me but thanks yeah. for asking yeah <laughs> you know so hopefully that answered the question Yes, beautifully, beautifully. It's <laughs> I can't personally say that I well, you know, I might have and not really even known it. You know, I've never dated, thankfully, you know, a, a narc, um, yeah. or been so so closely involved. But um, I had a question and it just flew out of my <laughs> head immediately. It's okay. Oh my god! Oh yes. Okay, so I was gonna ask. So being in relationships and and having family family members who are narcissists who are um toxic in that way what are some steps that folks can take to uh once they've removed themselves from the situation to heal from that and kind of realign themselves with the non-narcissistic society oh yeah so basically um for one unfortunately they're either gonna have to limit the contact or go full blown no contact mm-hmm. and then they're going to have to start doing self-improvement, self-discovery, um, learning about um, independence, self-reliance, you know, and being able to fend for themselves. Because, you know, when you're dealing with toxic family members or partners or even friends, you know, they make you codependent on them. Like I said, in every way, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, financially. So, you know, you're going to have to learn like, OK, I can make my own decisions. You know, I can do things on my own without needing reassurance from someone else. Like, yeah, you get help and support. But at the end of the day, you should be able to make your own decisions. Now, I do recommend doing some form of like counseling or therapy. Highly, highly recommend because, you know, you're going to be lost. You're going to be feeling confused and fearful and unsure of like, okay, am I going to be able to make it without my family? Am I going to be able to make it without my partner? That type of thing, you know? And then also practicing, of course, self-care. 
self-love, you know, so that means spending time by yourself or spending time with people that are like-minded. Now, I know you said um, non-narcissistic society. So, you know, joining support groups and stuff like that, being around people that may have similar interests or maybe have gone through a similar experience or people that are just healthy and meaning like they support you, they care about you, you know, they listen, they're empathetic, they have empathy, sympathy, you know, they're not judging you, blaming you, trying to make you feel bad, you know, and um, and stuff like that. But you have to take time because I know for me, it was hard to trust people, you know, so I had to go slow. <laughs> but the, the beautiful thing about it though, I could tell you that maybe I had like maybe one or two good, decent friends after I separated myself from the male narc and from my aunt. So that was what literally I did. I just, for one, I spent time alone. I started doing yoga. That's a really good thing. A lot of people can do like meditation and stuff like that. Also, close to God, like reclaiming your relationship with God, like God has been everything to me. And even now it's like, I just, I love how God just made me just so reliant on him for everything. Like God is my provider, you know, my protector, my defender. Um, and I just felt like after dealing with the, these narcs and the toxic people, um, I just grew so much closer to God. So I don't know, maybe if that was kind of a blessing in disguise that it all happened that way, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, that's essentially like what a person could do. So I know that was like a handful, but yeah. No, yeah, that was perfect. That was perfect. Um, I, I think it's beautiful when people take the, the healing journey and they really start to understand and learn themselves. It's really, really difficult to, um, navigate life after, after you've been traumatized and having a support group, having a system, um, having a connection with your higher power is, that's yes. such a beautiful thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, the I think the biggest thing that you not biggest thing, but one of the things you just kind of mentioned was therapy, and that is a great moment for us to take a break and hear a word from our sponsor, which is going to be BetterHelp. Today's episode of Mental Health Chat Monday is brought to you by BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, the world's largest 100% online therapy service, you can get connected with a therapist and a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists to help you with a wide range of issues. When I signed up for BetterHelp, I was able to specify exactly what I was looking for in a therapist, and I was matched with a therapist that suited my needs. To get started, all you do is answer a few questions about your therapy needs and preferences. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the perfect therapist from their network. From there, contacting your therapist is easy. Call, chat, video call, or text. Whatever is more comfortable for you. Message your therapist at any time to set up live sessions when it's convenient for you. And the coolest thing about BetterHelp is that if your therapist doesn't match for any reason at all, you can switch to a brand new therapist at no additional charge. Affordability, online access at your own pace, custom pick therapists, that sounds like my kind of therapy. And what luck you have, you can get 10% off your very first month of BetterHelp using my link, betterhelp.com forward slash M-H-C-M. That's betterhelp.com forward slash M-H-C-M. Now go ahead and get yourself some therapy, baby. And thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's video. Check the link down below um, to do all the stuff that I just said in the thing. You heard it. Uh, So (laughs) 
getting back to our conversation, I so you have um, an LLC. It's Live Narc Free LLC. How did you go about establishing that? Yeah, so I went about establishing it. Actually, the guy that I was dealing with, he actually was the one that's like, oh, you know, you have your your um, business going. You should get an LLC and stuff like that. And so that's kind of like what was the inspiration. But I just knew just for security reasons and just to protect, you know, my brand and stuff going forward. You know, it's good to get a LLC and stuff like that. So that that's kind of how it came about, and it's it's good because you know it's professional. You know, you're official. So um, yeah, it's basically how it came about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what what services do you personally offer as far as narcissism uh, coaching? Yeah, awareness, abuse coaching. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I do many different services. I do um, 90 day coaching programs. I do um, support sessions um, just if a person needs a listening ear. But in regards to the 90 day coaching program is more so. Um, so I have two programs called Overcome Narcissistic Abuse and Overcome CPTSD, where I deal with um, one of them is one on one. And then I actually had another one. It was a group coaching um, where we all just kind of like we talk and we have weekly sessions. We also do uh, weekly worksheets, um, but we work together for a 90 day period. So that way, um, if it's overcoming narcissistic abuse, so we talk about what happened during the first month and we just kind of discuss our feelings, just gain awareness, gain understanding, comprehensive of everything. And then that second month, then we decide, okay, this is my specific concern, whether it's codependency or if it's loneliness or if it's depression. And then we kind of form a plan on how we can work through that to overcome those particular steps specifically for that particular person. Right. And then that third month, that's when they take action. They're seeing the results. They're seeing the improvements. And then they're just kind of continuing, you know, the same routine, the same plan that they set for themselves in that second month. So it just continues on the third month. You know, now if they need more time, that's totally fine. We can extend it. But it's just kind of giving them like a blueprint and a roadmap to that recovery for overcoming narcissistic abuse and or this um, PTSD or CPTSD. Right. Mm -hmm. And now I also do have. Um, so I have the group coaching. I have I actually have courses, too. So I have self-study courses as well. Um, you know, I have, you know, identifying a narcissist, um, empaths guide to dating at the narc abuse, because, you know, a lot of people could be empathic uh -huh. and, you know, right. <laughs> and dating, right um, after, <laughs> you know, narc abuse is could be a challenge. So, you know, I kind of get that's an, another course. Um, but I do have many, many courses. It's on my website. So if anybody wants to look more into that, you, they can check it out there. Now, I actually do have um, readings as well. I know everybody has different opinions about that, but um, I use my readings for advice, clarity and confirmation for, you know, the person that wants it. So we do have that available. Um, so those are the actual services that I provide. Now, I do have um, another self-study option, which is my book called uh, Reclaim Your Life Back. Um, that's more so of a self-study, self-help worksheets tool guide, you know, again, to help, you know, the particular um, victim and or survivor, you know, move on, heal, recover, and just to learn the information about narcissistic abuse and how to move forward accordingly. So That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, I love you for reading. Also, I read just a little bit. I'm just dibbling and dabbling and it, yeah. is a very, it is a very powerful tool to get some clarity and some understanding yep. on where you are in life. Yes, absolutely. Sure. And I was going to say, I mean, you're welcome to get a copy if you like or anybody else watching. You never know who it could help or who it can inspire. So 
Yeah, You're more than welcome to do that. <laughs> yeah, I will link all of the information down below in the description yes. box. Uh, I just have a couple more questions for yes, you before I let you go. Yes, yes, uh, yes, absolutely. So <laughs> one question that's kind of not one of my general ending questions. This whole time I've kind of, you know, we, we talked about healing from narcissists. But how can a narcissist identify themselves and seek help? Is that something that they would even do or, you know? That's a good question. You know, I actually had two people that reached out to me and they were like, hey, um, Joy, I think I might be a narc. Like, what do you think? And I told them, I said, usually um, people that come to me, they are victims and survivors of narcissistic abuse, but not necessarily a narc. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say maybe one person could have had the tendencies, but I don't really think he was a narc. And the reason why I say that is because narcissists usually don't admit that they mm -hmm. have a problem. They don't admit like, hey, that was wrong. They don't take accountability. They don't say, oh, that was a mistake. I'm sorry. I hurt you. Can you please forgive me? You don't have to like have me in your life, but that was wrong. What I did. Narcs don't do that. Um, now, the only case small percentage if an arc does admit to something or maybe quote unquote changes is if they have like a midlife crisis um but at the same time they're going to still revert back to their old ways so it's like you don't really see the change or the difference so um essentially narcs don't change and um yeah i hope that answered the question right yes yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know i it, i always and i I figured that they aren't the type of people that would go and seek help and be like, I'm, yeah. I'm a narcissist. Like, yeah. they, because it's, it's right to them. Right. And no, that's what I was going to say. So, like I said, the one person that reached out to me, he said he thinks he's a narc. I was like, no, you're not. You just need some counseling, some support, you know. But the, like I said, the other person, I felt like had the tendency because he was telling me some of the things that he would do. And I, I read off, you know, um, the characteristics and the trait of a narc. And I was saying like, okay, do you have this? Do you have that? You know, just kind of going down the line. And they said like, if you have like five or more, then, you know, the person is considered a narc. And I want to, I, I think he, cause this was like last year and I don't know if he had like maybe four or five. So I don't know. He, I just feel like he had the tendencies, but usually a full blown narcs do not claim there's anything wrong. So, you know, I think he was just, had the tendencies, if anything. Yeah. Heard that. Um, okay, so <laughs> yeah. here on Mental Health Chat Monday, we have a motto, and that is turning mental illness into mental wellness. What is your definition of mental wellness? So I was actually thinking about that mental wellness. I feel like, you know, it's basically a way that you can manage and nurture and maintain your emotional, mental, and psychological thoughts and behavior patterns. That's what I think. So for example, you know, basically a mental wellness would be having somebody to talk to that can provide support and reassurance. Um, it could be eating healthy. It could be exercising regularly. It could be trying new things. It could be, um, you know, trying new foods or um, taking trips you know, exploring, you know, adventures and stuff like that. Just like taking care of yourself in in an all manner form, you know, to the best of your ability mentally. So that's what I would say. Beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, and our very last question. Um, so <clears throat> leave us with a little bit of advice for people escaping narcissists, for um people who are maybe trapped or feel trapped in a narcissistic situation, 
give us a little bit of advice for them. Ooh, so advice that I would say is trust your gut, trust your intuition, know that, you know, God wants the best for you. So if God is showing you a person's true colors, like you got to believe them unless you see that they're going to prove to you that it's possible for change. But people don't change for you. They change for themselves, you know. So if you're seeing what this person is doing to you, what they're saying to you, how they're making you feel, you better believe them before it could get worse, you know. And then also, you know, um, healing doesn't happen overnight. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. It is not weak. I'm telling you, because I have so many people that saying like, it's weak to reach out for help. Like, I didn't want to, <laughs> like, I didn't want to like reach out to you because it's like, oh, I had to get help for a person. It's like, no, it's deeper than that. It's probably other wounds and traumas that, you know, you haven't dealt with. You know what I'm saying? So um, uh -huh. that's basically. <laughs> that's All right, you said something, and I, I usually try to pluck something out of what the guest says as the title of the episode. And you said, people don't change for you, they change for themselves. Yes. And I had to write it down because that, a word. That was a word. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, it's true. It's true. You know, they, they don't change for you, they change for themselves. And if a person does not want to change, they don't want to grow, they don't want to expand, then that's their problem, you know? But you, the individual, you know, something is not right. It's not healthy. And so you have to be the one you got to do the work and you have to leave that person behind. If they come back, cool. If they don't, you let it go. And then you, you just got to know your worth and you got to know that you deserve better. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. that's what I would say. Absolutely. That is 100% <laughs> reaching out for help is the best thing you can do for yourself. Absolutely. And as someone who struggles still to this day with reaching, with just saying that I'm not okay sometimes, mm -hmm. it is life is so much easier when you have that trusted person and you can just say, hey, I'm not doing okay right now. Right. Even if it's just one person, even if it's a therapist, a co worker, a parent, a, a partner, a friend, anybody. Right. If you have at least one person in your corner that you know that you can trust and, and you can just go to them and just crumble a little bit, mm -hmm. it, it makes a world of difference. It makes a world of difference in life. I am so fortunate yes. people in my on my team, in my corner, so many loved ones and people and friends. Yeah. And still I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. I don't need I, I, yeah, you know what's crazy, Darius? Like, I remember one time when I was going through the um, healing recovery after dealing with the narcissist, right? And so I actually I went to a counselor. It was for a year. It was for a whole year. And I remember in one of the sessions uh, we had, and I I wasn't doing well. Like I was like still hurting. I was crying. Like I literally woke up every day for six months straight, and I would cry mm. in the morning. And and again, that was just my healing and recovery. Everybody's journey is different. But I'll never forget when I walked in and she was like, Joy, how you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm good. She was like, no, you're not. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. <laughs> you don't have to call me out like that, but you're right. Yeah. But I think like you said, I think it's important to be able to, to just be like, I'm not okay. And that's fine. Like, you know, so um, just being real with yourself and not lying. Because um, I feel like we do lie to ourselves. You know, some of us, we could be delusional just because you know, whatever happened to us in the past, we want to be like, oh, I'm strong. You know, like you said, we don't need help, but it's like, no, we do. There's a lot of recovery that needs to happen. And only, it starts with you. You have to be the one, like we can't force anybody to want help. They have to want it themselves.
So yes, 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 yes. That <laughs> are right there. They have to want it themselves. They have they to. Got to. Yeah. Yeah, they have to actively be the ones seeking the help. You can you can shout it at them until you're blue in the face, but <laughs> it, it's not going to do anything if they're not wanting the help. If they're not desiring to be better. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. That oof, that whole last bit. That was, <laughs> I'm over here like, wait a minute. Like trigger warning. <laughs> right, you breach it today, okay? <laughs> um, like, good. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, I I didn't really want to come off as a preacher, but I guess sometimes it just comes off like that. But yeah, no, you you just to to me, and you know, as black folk, we (laughs) sometimes we just go and we have a spirituality about us, whether we are religious or not. Yeah, I'm not an incredibly religious person. I do believe in higher power. I do believe in you know the universe and the energy and and the ties and all of that. But yeah. no matter what your relationship with God or higher power or anything is, even if I I know some black people that are straight up just atheists, but they yeah. start talking and it's like, I know you don't believe in God, mm-hmm. but you're yeah. but you're <laughs> right now. Like it's just inherent in us as black people to be yeah. these like spiritual leaders in a way. Absolutely. It's weird. It's a weird thing. It's a weird Absolutely. thing. And yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, one more time for the people, uh, tell us your website and where we can find your book and yes. any socials that you want to share. Yes, absolutely. So my website is www.livenark39. Oh, I said my email, sorry. www.livenarkfree.com. That's my website. If you would like any service, um, any coaching, 90 day coaching program, or if you'd like to inquire about a support session, or reading. Oh, and the other thing is I do actually offer unbiased personal advice. So um, if anybody would like to learn more about that, that option is available. Um, But in regards to my book, yes, um, I do have some reviews on that. So you can check out the reviews on Amazon to get a feel of it. Um, And it is available via ebook and paperback. I do recommend the paperback because it's like, you know, you have your copy and stuff like that. But I don't know, like for me, I just feel like, you know, the more knowledge our community has, the better future, not only for ourselves, but for our children and the people around us that could be suffering from this abuse and just having a difficult time not knowing where to go, not knowing who to turn to. So I highly, highly recommend getting the book. Um, it is affordable. It's only $20 or so. So you can definitely get that that link um, Darius is going to give you guys. Um, and yeah, so um, you can also email me too at livenarkfree9 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and I would love to support you. Um, but again, I don't, I'm not forcing anybody to do anything. I only want to help those that want to be helped, uh, support those that want to be supported and that really want to make a change. Because that's for me, I just, and that like you asked me earlier, you was like, what got me on a journey? It was like, I was just tired of hurting. I was just like, I didn't know like what to do. And I just had that outlet you know, of YouTube. And I'm just so grateful that I was able to go on and share my story and it helped so many people. And I was just like, okay, God, I see what you're doing, but yeah. So (laughs) yeah, it, like I said, it has been the most beautiful thing for me to share my story. I, uh, back in 2019, I'm looking at the poster on my wall because it's my crowning achievement. So I'm a theater artist. Um, I act, I, I direct, I write plays. I, you know, I'm, I do all those things. I'm I'm a performer in that way. Song and dance. Wow, band. cool. Um, <laughs> uh, so my my healing moment, the thing that kind of led me to this podcast, was a play that I wrote called "My Infinite Sadness," uh, and it is a two person show. It's about 
um, my personal journey with depression and suicide attempts and, and all that. And before writing that play, I couldn't talk about my story without being choked up or crying. And I still get choked up and, and, a little, and cry a little bit, but for different reasons, I believe. Back then it was because I was still actively living in that pain. Right. And post my infinite sadness, finishing it, having it performed, producing it myself, it was like I got to watch my healing happen on mm -hmm. stage. Wow. And it truly, so after every if, after every performance, we had a talk back. With, and we brought um, a counselor in, a friend of mine, James Lindzen, brought him in. Um, I actually should have him on the podcast. He would be great. Um, <laughs> just thought about that. Um, so I, I brought him in and kind of back with the cast and myself and, Jamie, and Jamie. And and it was just such a beautiful healing moment. And people got to have get advice and, and talk about things that they never knew or never understood about depression or suicide mm -hmm. or anything like that. And um, that is what made me want to do this. It was what made me yeah. want to reach out and, and talk to people and get help people tell their stories so that somebody will, I know that somebody is getting something from every single episode of this podcast because yes. every person that I have brought on is so genuine and so beautiful in spirit and mm -hmm. just, it's magical. It's a magical yeah. thing to be able to share your story. So I thank you thank so you. very much, Joy. For thank you, too. Thank You're you so welcome. much for having me. You're so sweet. And I'm sorry to hear, you know, that you had that attempt of um, suicide. I know that that can be difficult. So I'm sorry to hear that. But I'm glad that you did it. It didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. And, you yeah. know, I have this. And God is protecting you. Yes. You I have this tattoo, chaos with a semicolon. Um, oh, and can you move it to the camera? I can't see it. Can you see it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right yeah. And oh, okay. I have always wanted the word chaos tattooed on me. And I didn't really know why until after some other things happened in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, it's chaos with the semicolon specifically, because no matter what chaos is going on in my mind, I can always pause, reset, and keep going. So, yes, I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm healed and healing at the same time. Yes. Healed and healing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Joy, thank you so very much for being here today. Thank you. I'm so glad we finally got to meet. This is such a beautiful episode. Yes, it's awesome. So awesome. And I hope that this can help many that's dealing with abuse. Again, don't be afraid to reach out. You're not alone. And God loves you. I love you. And yeah, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Yes, it absolutely is going to get better. And <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Again, thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm at DDRBionic on all social media. Like I said in the beginning, it's called branding. Look it up. And <laughs> I also will link all of Joy's information down in the description box below as well so you can find her and reach out for some of those amazing services that she offers. And I will be purchasing a copy of the book to read for Yay, myself. Thank you. Yeah. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> all right, y'all. I will see you next Monday with a brand new guest. I love you all very much. Bye.